the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey with my brother, Sven, and my cousin, Kyle. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Yeah. I love this weather. I don't know how it is for you guys up, in, up there, but um, in Texas, it's, it's been in like the 70s. Oh, it's... We're, at, we're at like a, a brisk like 48, but we're supposed to get up to like we're supposed to get up to like 65 this weekend, so I'm not too upset. That's nice. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not spring weather yet, but it will be, which is awesome. Yeah, this past weekend we had one, uh, one solid day. Yeah. And then it got, uh, got pretty cold again. Today, today was kind of cold. It's cold. It's really cold at five in the morning. It's but. nice though, but it's like sunny out. So like it's, I don't mind it. Like it feels better than it is. You see the sun starting to creep up. It's waking up. <laughs> What's great is that like 7.30, I mean, like literally up until like a half hour ago, the sun was still somewhat out. Like that's awesome. Sun is shining bright down here still well, at 7. Yeah, not here, but. That yeah. is amazing. Days yeah, are getting longer for sure. It's awesome. It's where I am in the time zone. That's why. Yeah, you're, you're more west of the time, on the time exactly. zone. Exactly. So. Yeah, you can play golf until like nine o'clock at night, bro. Yeah, exactly. That I could. Yeah. Well, speaking of athletics, I had a quick quick question for you guys because um, I'm, I'm going through it right now and it, it's incredibly difficult, but you know, I'm thankful that a lot of these gyms offer a free day pass. But when I was in Texas, there was only really one gym and it was cheap. So I chose it. In Boston, there was a Planet Fitness around the block, 10 bucks. That's where we went. Where I am now, there there's about 20 gyms and they're all very similar. So, I mean, essentially it's come down to what's closest and cleanest but i mean joining a gym is is a bit of pain it's a commitment um and i i probably should stay out of this because i go to the best gym on the planet um it's the greatest gym in the world and i'm just gonna pride myself on that it's so ungodly expensive but um it is well worth the money if you use it so um but it's 150 dollars a month so is that, is that start with an e it's no, not, no, no, it is not Equinox. Oh, okay. Um, I go, I belong, I belong to Lifetime Fitness. Uh, Lifetime is up, uh, up the parkway. Ooh, um, I haven't seen me. one of those over yeah, here. Yeah, it's up the parkway for me. There's like four in, there's three in New Jersey and then like two or three in New York. Um, it's gigantic. It's a monstrosity. It's the best, it's the best gym I think I've ever been a part of. Uh, it's well worth the price. So does it have a steam room or sauna? Uh, it has both. Uh, wow. Steam room, sauna, outdoor pool, indoor pool, water slides, uh, huge gym floor classes. It's the works. Cafe. So, yeah. So you spend, do you spend a lot of time there? Or do you feel like I'm there six you're, days, getting, five days a week. you're yeah. getting your money's worth? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a drive though. That's the problem. 25 minutes to go to the gym makes me not want to go to the gym. Ooh, but see? yeah. Oh. 20. Yeah. It's well, without traffic, it's 20. With traffic, it's 25 ish. So see, and I think that's our tough decision because, um, like there's an LA fitness not too far. And we tried that out. It's just the, the salespeople are nice. It's nice. It's not bad, honestly, but for it's the price. Yeah. But it's, it's farther. Yeah. LA's, I LA want a steam room, but am I going to drive to go that far out of my way just to go for the steam room? Honestly. Yeah. I mean, when I can go somewhere down the street, that's a two minute drive. That's true. Yeah. There's a few good gyms in our area for sure. Big fan of them. So there's options. It, I there guess is. It's, it's good to have options, right? And they run the spectrum of, from like the cheapest, like $10 a month, all the way up to like $175 a month with Equinox. So don't go there though. Equinox is half the size of my gym and it's double, not double the price, but it's more expensive. No, no. I, I, cause I obviously do check, the, check these all out. The reviews, you know, what people are saying, how's the management, how, how are yeah. the locker rooms? Yeah. Like what kind of, do they have the steam room? Obviously that yeah. was a, 
one of my must-haves that's being you know crossed off the list immediately but <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's it, there's difference makers i mean cleanliness and all that stuff really matters yeah cleanliness for sure um but i'm gonna figure it out soon the thing the good thing is we get to try a couple out for free so yeah you get seven day passes for a lot of them i've, I've worked out i've worked out in some not so clean gyms <laughs> before so Cleanliness is not really a huge issue for me. Oh, you're a filthy animal. Uh, cleanliness is the closest thing to godliness. I remember that. I mean, yes. Ooh, is. Remy. Yes. That is true. Good one. <laughs> Dig it. All right, good chat. Um, the Fantasy Fam. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. Our podcast is located on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Radio Public, Overcast, and Spotify. So, gentlemen. That's awesome. I'm very excited that it's on so many platforms because not everybody has an iPhone. So, yeah, the <laughs> iPhone are en- endless. Put your number in have my iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> I use my iPhone to listen to this. Latest on the menu. <laughs> I don't know the number for a taxi. <laughs> what a great movie. I feel like we can quote that every, every time. But it's, it's, we always mention it. We always oh, mention it. It makes fantastic. me feel so awkward. Like, it's I amazing. feel so awkward. It's, 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 it's one of the my favorite movies of all time yes i know it is oh my god yeah. it's all got right. its moments i'll say for sure lou for no, there you go <laughs> um so sticking with the theme of 2018 today we're going to discuss sophomore sensations or sensational sophomores so we got a list of some players you know we're going to touch uh touch high level some of these guys obviously if you listen to our podcasts this season already you've you've heard us dig dig pretty deep you know on some of the statistics and data on some of these players from, from last year. Um, so I'm going to throw some, throw some names at you guys. And I just want you to, uh, you know, tell me, tell me what you think. And if, if you think they're going to do it again this year, they're going to regress a little bit, you know, whatever you're feeling. Let's, uh, let's start with Christian McCaffrey. Well, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, uh, just in general, I'm just going to say a broad statement is that everybody says, you know, Oh, like a year after their draft class, Oh, the NF, you know, the, the prospects that came out of it, holy crap, like such good players that came out of this draft. And then you look back, you know, you look four years into the future and three quarters of those players are either out of the NFL or they suck. But this 2017 draft class might be the greatest one I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I mean, we talk about like the bad ones, like 2012 is the worst draft in history. I mean, 2012 produced Trent Richardson, Robert Griffin, the third. I mean, just a terrible draft. Duds. Yeah. They were good for like six games, though. Yeah, however, it did also produce Andrew Luck. So, T.Y. Hilton, I get it. Okay. But when talking about the 2017 draft class, we could literally, this list goes on forever. And starting with someone like McCaffrey is integral um, because of the fact that in his rookie year, he finished as a top 10 running back uh, in fantasy. And everyone was like, well, what's his role in the offense still going to be? We're not sure. And he followed it up in 2018 with a number two. He finished a number two um, in running back standings for the 2018 uh, season. PPR had a monster year, over 100 receptions, and I don't see that stopping, personally. I see him staying the same, oh, maybe going a little less in catches. I don't, I, I don't know, but he's going to finish either one or two next year. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, talk to me. Uh, so... This one, this one, I think is very interesting. Mind you, he is technically a sophomore after this season or going into this season because he was a rookie two years ago but only played one game. Uh, so we really didn't get to see 
what his potential is. And now we just saw the, the legend that is going to be Patrick Mahomes, unless he completely falls flat on his face. But is he going to throw 50 touchdowns again? Probably not. He could in his career, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen next year. Uh, 5,000 yards, that's, that's a lot. Uh, Tyreek Hill, everything that's going on with him, which is not good. So if he gets suspended or anything happens where he cannot play, that's pretty big because they also lost Chris Conley and they have the injury prone Sammy Watkins, Sammy, Travis Kelsey. So I, I, I don't know. I, I think he takes a step back, but he's going to be drafted insanely high. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of combine, believe it or not, I kind of combine Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson into the same kind of category here. Uh, when it comes to the 2017 draft, both drafted very highly in that draft, uh, in that draft. And honestly, I have the same amount of faith fantasy wise in both of them. Um, do I think Mahomes is a better fantasy quarterback? Yes. However, given the circumstances going on with Kansas city and we don't know where they stand with certain, you know, Tyreek Hill and, you know, the running back situation, obviously Kelsey's a good blanket to have. However, I kind of group him and Watson together because Deshaun Watson, you know, comes in his rookie campaign, campaign, um, finishes 26th because of his uh, torn ACL. However, he follows it up this year with a four. I mean, he finished fourth uh, among all fantasy quarterbacks. So I think both of them are moving towards being top three quarterbacks each and every year. I don't, I don't think there's anything to prove otherwise. They both have unbelievable targets. Um, they are both young and in the prime of their career uh, right now. So I don't see that changing. Um, so I kind of group them both together as quarterbacks that I'm probably never going to draft because they're way too early way for too my liking. Exactly. Yeah, but they are quarterbacks that I have full faith in that came out of this draft. And I can say going forward, they're going to continue that. Unless passing touchdowns were like eight points. Sign me up. First pick. Patrick well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's but, no, yeah, there's no reason. I would totally agree. Which is crazy me. that I feel that way about two quarterbacks only two years into their careers. Um, but both Mahomes and Deshaun Watson are both perennial top five quarterbacks uh, for the near future. So. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if uh, Houston invested heavily in some offensive linemen in the draft this year. Yeah. And a running back. Running back. Yeah. <laughs> a running back, yeah. I do, I do see um, a name on this list, Dante Foreman, who I had a lot of faith at. Oh yeah, two years ago, he's been injured for the past season, but I think there's yeah, that, big things in store if he can stay healthy. I think well, that's the that's the thing that I think matters most about like the sophomore sensations, and what we'll get to next episode, obviously with rookies, is like there are different categories of sophomores. There's the ones who have just produced at such a high level in their first two years. There's the ones who have somewhat fallen short and then there's the ones who we think have something left to prove maybe um, maybe someone like Deshaun Watson somebody like Patrick Mahomes have proven themselves Kamara I don't think there's any way around that <laughs> exactly Dante definitely definitely yeah. has something to prove yeah oh yeah absolutely so somebody yeah. like Al somebody like uh Alvin Kamara who, who you just mentioned brother I think I think he has I mean what he's done in the past two years speaks for himself and I think this year he even has more opportunity because they just lost Mark Ingram and they picked up Latavius Murray. Let's be honest. He's been okay at times as a backup spelling the top running back a couple good games here and there where he's been a top 20 running back, but he's nowhere near going to eat into the volume that Alvin Kamara is going to see this year. He has the potential to be the top three running back. Number one overall, I'd say. I'd say Latavius actually gets, 
10, 12 touches a, a game maybe. But see, like Kamara, we, we said it his rookie year, though. He didn't get that many touches, but he absolutely dominated. I think his, like, yards per touch were just out, outrageous. Now, mind you, last year I think he had – what did he have, over 70-something catches? Like, he actually had a legit, like, yeah. receiving season and still finished top five, top four – so, I mean, clearly the guy can handle a big workload, lesser. So, it's, it, who, who knows? Um, He's very yeah. efficient. I'll be bold. I think not only does Latavius Murray get 10 to 12 rushing attempts per game, I think that actually might be a little bit more than that. But I do think he's going to fringe on 10-plus touchdowns, um, personally. Bold statement, but I stand by it. They would have signed. They would not have signed him. Drew Brees. Look at the contract they gave him. Look how much money they gave him per year to be a running back two on a team. So I don't see any reason why they're not going to use him for goal line work as well. So Alvin Kamara, I think, in that way, stays the same. Kind of. I don't think they're going to overuse. I don't think they're going to overuse Kamara. They know what he is. They know. But I'm also not sure how to say it. Still, it's Kamara. He says it's Kamara. Just call him Alvin. Whatever. Kamara. Kamara. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like Alvin. Yeah, I don't think they're going to overutilize him. Like, I don't think he's going to all of a sudden be like Christian McCaffrey in the amount of touches he gets. I think they're going to still use him the way they have been and then use that, you know, Mark Ingram role is now going to be Latavius. We shall see. We shall see. This is why they play the game and lace the cleats up every Sunday. I love it. I can't wait to see what's, what's in store for Alvin. Alvin and the Saints. Juju Smith-Schuster. This is an interesting one because they just lost – their number one target monster in Antonio Brown, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, yeah. Um, I should like, say something real quick, actually. Yeah. Sure. Before either one of you say anything, please. Thank you. This, this guy, I'm intrigued because he's always had Antonio Brown. So the number one corner, they never double teamed him. I think he's going to regress a little bit this year because of that pressure. He's a ridiculous athlete. He's very young. He's going to have to learn how to run better routes and to get open on his own, which – I'm not sure he's ready yet, honestly. I mean, he looked solid last year. Even with Antonio, I totally agree with you on that. Going to be the number one. I think James Washington is the name to look at, potentially. But Juju. And honestly, before you even said that, like I, I think you still have to – do you think Juju will go higher in drafts than Antonio Brown? Yeah. Um, I think that's a good, I I think that's a good question to watch to ask. I think the name to watch is Dante Moncrief. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sold on him. You love Moncrief, Keele. I haven't seen him do anything. So, I am. I think on the outside, I think Dante Moncrief is a really nice addition to this team. Um, so I am. I am actually on the Dante Moncrief train more than James Washington. Do I think James Washington can be successful? Absolutely. But um, I think that Moncrief actually has a pretty high ceiling in that offense. But I could be proven wrong. So, like you said, though. Who do you think goes first, and who would you take first, Juju or Antonio Brown? People are going to take Antonio, naturally, because, one, he's pretty much the only guy in Oakland. I mean, let's just call it what it is. There's, let's, like, there's no one else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's Antonio. That's why. He's already established himself. He already, we already know what he can do. It's just now it's can Derek Carr get him the ball is, is the real question. I mean, he's going to average what? probably 15 targets a game because they're going to be losing. They're going yeah. to need to throw the ball. It's the touchdowns that are going to kill him. So Juju, we just don't know, like you said, brother, what he can do as a number one. I think he's going he's gonna to go over 1,000 yards again, but 
I don't know. I, I still think Antonio might go a couple more picks than Juju. Yeah, I'm I'm a thousand yards over a thousand yards over eighty receptions over ten touchdowns for Juju, and I'm firmly behind that. So Antonio, I'm not sure what he's going to do in Oakland. So I at, at this point right now, given the fact of Juju's like continuous progression um i don't see a reason why he's not going to finish in the top 12 while antonio he has all the talent in the world he's being paid like a quarterback um so he should but the offense scares me in oakland he's got that cash he's got that cash all valid points gentlemen here's uh here's something to think about the i'm going to give you two players this time see if you can um you know find some comparisons and, and throw them at me here. Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook coming into year three. We saw Mixon step it up, you know, big time last year with the opportunity. Um, Dalvin Cook was hurt a little bit. Um, he's flashed at times. But what, what, what do you guys think is in store this year? I like Dalvin <sighs> Cook. But the guy, I don't if he can't If he can't stay healthy, we've, we've seen what he can do. I mean, the guys went over 100 yards, couple games. Like, he looks elusive. He looks good. Smooth runner, patient. I don't know. I kind of like Joe Mixon more. It's a completely new team. Cincinnati, it's not Marvin Lewis anymore. So this is new territory for all of us. Wait, so we have no – you know what I mean? Like it's true. But honestly, there's no one else. Like as much as we want to love Gio Bernard, I mean, it's the Joe Mixon show. Like it is all his. Like one, two, three, four downs. Like he's going to be out there for everything. So I like Mixon more than Cook just because of his ability to actually stay on the field and – even though he did get hurt a couple games, but I, I like him more than Dalvin Cook. Yeah, um, it's it's solely for me about the offense at this point, um, and I think that Minnesota has a better offense all around than Cincinnati does. I think Cincinnati, like I said, could win one game this year, two games at most. Um, so I I love Joe Mixon, but he is kind of just as injury prone as as Dalvin Cook is at this point. Uh, I think they're both kind of in that same category as are they brittle? Are they just down on their luck first points of the year? I'm not really sure. What we saw from Dalvin Cook throughout 2018 was that when he wasn't hurt, he played pretty damn well. Um, Same with Mixon. Mixon had his big games. I'm not denying that. And they're both ADP-wise granted. It is March, um, so ADP can't be trusted. However, they're both right now going kind of similar places. They're being If they're being reached – on they're at like the 111 if they're falling they're at like the 25 to 6 so they're kind of both in that same general vicinity and i want to really say dalvin cook but i'm on the same board as you i'm gonna say joe mixon yeah i i, I don't, it's just I don't very like close all, but i just think joe mixon has more of an opportunity especially if the receptions are there if he puts up 50 receptions i mean like, like there's I, no more latavius in minnesota but yeah I don't, I don't know. Um, That's a tough one. That, this, yeah. Do you, this just in from the NFL. What? They just had a meeting. I don't know if you guys just noticed. Um, so the Saints got a win, technically, from the non-call last year. So NFL will now allow coaches to challenge pass interference calls and no calls. Wow. Kind of big. A little bit. So it, Yeah. I think that's pretty big. Wow. That is, that is really big. So what do you mean they gave they gave the Saints the win? I'm just saying, like after that, like so now they're now they're gonna call it, <laughs> or now you can actually make something happen, you know? I know it's always it's always hindsight, you know. It's, it's always after, hindsight. exactly. Yeah, so it forces change. But it's think- good to see, though. I like that they're being very progressive about it, though. I mean, when is when is enough enough, though, with with the rules and the challenges and 
I mean, it's a game after all, right? Um, but that, that's good to hear, though, honestly. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting in Cincinnati with Zach Taylor. He's been anointed by the Midas touch from Sean McVay. So we'll see if they're, um, if they're down by 30 every game. They're going to be passing. He's going to be running out of the backfield. Dalvin Cook, he's going to be the bell cow. AJ Green is if healthy too, then he kind of if healthy. Love, if healthy, love AJ a, Green. Love AJ uh, Green this year. Love third AJ round pick. Third round pick. That's insane. That's insane. I, I picked him. I think last year in the early third or end of the second. I think because he was a little bit dinged up the year before as well. He's always hurt too. But I went Jordan Howard, AJ Green. Yeah, that worked out. How many <laughs> wins did you get that year? Oh. How many wins? <laughs> I only had a couple because I had Todd Gurley. <laughs> oh, that's fair. And then he okay. got hurt. <laughs> um, staying away from Todd. That's that's just me. Um, all right, here's another com- combination of, of players for you. One on my favorite team, the New York Giants, Evan Ingram. I think he's going to get more opportunity. But who's going to be throwing him the ball? And are they going to be down and passing the entire game as well? Or David Njoku, who inherited former New York Giant Odell Beckham. Is he going to be losing targets? But is he going to be a red zone monster? What's your uh, spin on these two? Why don't we throw another one in there as OJ Howard as well? You know, just because because of, of the coaching change with Bruce Arians. I don't I don't know honestly. Out of all of yeah. them and the opportunities, I got, and I hate to say it because I don't like the Giants, but I got to go Evan Ingram because OBJ is not there anymore. They're going to be down. I see him having the more opportunity, but then again, OJ Howard, I also like more because of Bruce Arians and potentially throwing the ball, which James is, James I is. So I don't know. And Ingram may be a slightly little bit better for me than OJ Howard. And Najoku, I, I don't think he, I would rank him third out of all those three because of the addition of OBJ. Yeah. And Joku actually had the biggest step forward in 2018. He oh, he did. From- he finished 22nd amongst tight ends in 2017 and then finished eighth um, in 2018. That's the thing, though, is tight ends adapt to the NFL at the slowest rate of any position. Offense, defense does not matter. Tight ends do not produce in their first three years. After the second or third year, that's when you start to really evaluate a tight end, both in the NFL and in fantasy purposes. Unless you're a freak. Except these three, <laughs> these three have actually produced at a very high level. Evan Ingram saw a big step back in 2018 after his huge 2017 campaign when he finished fifth. Um, that's basically due to injury. Exactly. However, OJ Howard, uh, another guy who went from 17th in 2017, finished 10th, and he missed a good chunk of the year after he went down. Out of these three, though, just based on the team makeup, the opportunity, and everything, I have to go with OJ Howard. OJ Howard, they they moved on from Deshaun Jackson. They have no running game. They bring in Bruce Arians. Now they have. Mike Evans is the one, Godwin is the two, and O.J. Howard as the three. He is going to be the third option there. Evan Ingram is going to be playing for a team that's always going to be losing. Uh, I don't think he's going to have right. much of an impact, sorry, much of an impact on that team. No Adam Humphreys it's, it's going to be It's going to be the Saquon show at all times. Um, and I just think David Njoku is pushed down on the depth chart now because of OBJ. Oh, totally. Uh, so while I think, I think Njoku is still going to have a good year and he's a nice blanket to have, um, I would take O.J. Howard over the, three of, the two of them pretty actually convincingly. And I think it's a good idea to look at these three, though. So it's, um, it's, it's very relevant. And I, I do love Chris Godwin this year. I love everyone, Chris Godwin. Everyone is obsessed with him this year. I'm just happy that I drafted him as a rookie on my dynasty and I've held on to him in hopes that Deshaun Jackson would just go away. Now he's on the Eagles, and that's just terrible. 
Um, I have don't they want to use don't they want to use Godwin in the slot too though? Like they want to the Larry Fitzgerald role. Larry role. That's a bold bold statement. (laughs) I know we we hear that now. (laughs) We hear that now. He's a spark athlete though, as I've mentioned in the past. So there's a there's a lot of upside there. Endless. The upside is endless. The potential. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Evan Ingram. I mean, I'm excited as a Giants fan. I think they're going to move him to more of a slot wide receiver, honestly, uh, because we lost Odell. And I think that was probably in some of the conversations they had when they felt comfortable actually moving Odell aside from, you know, the off field, but they can actually just move Evan Ingram. He played in the slot majority of the time in college at Old Miss. He runs over the middle. He's not scared. Um, and he's young. So I think if we do draft a quarterback moving forward, I know we're not talking about dynasty, but it's, he's, He's somebody that I that I love moving forward. Um, Chris Godwin, obviously, we, we just touched base on him a little bit. Um, I think somebody to compare him to, who was injured last year on the Rams, Cooper Cup. It's a very crowded receiver core with Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. They all crushed it last year. They regressed a little bit toward the end of the season when Sean McVay got a little predictable. Do you guys see that turning around this year? Cooper Cup is the blanket. He is the safety blanket. Um for Jared Goff when Cooper Cup went down that Rams offense really went downhill Uh, I think Robert Woods Brandon Cooks uh, obviously Todd Gurley are you know fantastic pieces of that offense however Cooper Cup is that safety for Jared Goff across the middle I mean he can do everything Cooper Cup is one of the most underrated wide receivers Uh, what we saw in 2018 is the fact that Cooper Cup was on pace to finish in the top six of all wide receivers in PPR I mean his pace was unbelievable so um, so I don't I don't really think that Cooper Cup's going to take a step back even after an injury. I, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks both went over 1,000 yards last season. Cooper Cup could have gone over 1,000, and I honestly think they could have who, – who holds the record? What is it like? What was it, Peyton Manning with Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and Brandon Stokely? Stokely, all, yeah, good call. All three of them going over 1,000 and 10 touchdowns in the same season, which is absolutely unheard of. And he also had Dallas Clark, I think, too, as his tight end. Oh. What a team. But um, I think that he could have went over 1,000. Yes, I totally 100%. I would have – give me Cooper Cup all day. Yeah, I'm uh, in full agreement with you guys too. I think he was a huge catalyst in, in when the offense kind of fell apart there a little bit because golf, golf loves him. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to uh, kick, kick this one to you, Keele, because it's, it's Marlon Mack. It's return of the Mack. Is, is he going to – I think we talked about him a bunch this year, right? Mark Morrison jam. Is he going to uh, take – Yeah, so Marlon, Marlon, Mack, Marlon Mack got drafted in the fourth round of uh, the 2017 draft, and we're not, we weren't sure what he was capable of. He missed a lot of time in his first two seasons, didn't play a ton. But when he did play, he was a spark. I mean, there's no other way around it. He was the 48th running back in PPR back in 2017. He literally doubled – halved whatever you want to look at it uh he finished 21st in ppr uh this past season even with a lot of missed games as we talked about previous episodes i love marlon mack um they didn't go out and sign anybody the colts had no interest in signing a running back they are set with him and the he Hines for now unless they draft someone um they have they're running behind one of the best offensive lines i mean this marlon mack pick could be a huge steal and unfortunately he was in that same category for me as someone like kareem hunt where it was a great team a great offense and I thought it was a perfect fit for them. And the Kareem Hunt one, obviously, certain circumstances came into play there. And he is no longer with the Kansas City Chiefs for good reason. But I actually, him and Marlon Mack, I remember during the draft in 2017, I had them in similar spots. I liked both of them very much coming out of college. And I thought they would have a median impact. 
So, uh, I mean, I don't see any reason why Marlon Mack doesn't finish as a, a solid running back two in 2019. I think he finishes in that top, you know, 15, 16 picks. So. We also got to think, right? Now they know what he can do, and he can, he can clearly handle the workload of, like, 20 more carries, 20-plus carries. And, obviously, when they give him the ball, he, he does perform. He's gone over 100 yards a bunch of times. He absolutely – he beat the Cowboys in that game. Andrew Luck did not have a good game. Marlon Mack absolutely destroyed one of the best run defenses in the NFL yeah. at the time. The I offensive just, line helps. I couldn't believe – oh, I mean, that O-line is unreal. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But Andrew Luck, if they want to save him and they want to actually win games also and, like, maybe get a little bit more going, uh, Andrew Luck cannot throw the ball 75 times a game. I just I, – I don't, I don't think that, it, you know, it's, it's the smart thing to do. So I think Marlon Mack actually increases for me and could potentially finish as a low – very – or low-end running back one. Marlon Mack, I saw that the uh, Colts were in discussion with Jay Ajahi. Um, I really hope that they do not sign him. That they must just be doing their due diligence. I don't think I, I don't think matter. he would be an asset. I, I think, think he's looking at Philly actually now too. He might go back to Philly, which would make more sense. Yeah, don't Colts do not do not take him. Yeah, he does stink. No, no, no. Uh, brother, tell us about uh, James Conner. James Conner. This is so. This is another. This is an interesting one. Um, and I was actually thinking about him, I, I guess, just like, where is he going to go? He's, he's that name, I think, that could potentially go in, like, the low end of the first round. You know, just as another, like, if, if everybody's going to go running backs, I mean, you, you want to solidify yourself a top running back. James Conner could be that guy after all of your, you know, McCaffrey, Saquon, Kamara, like, all of those guys are gone. There's no more Antonio Brown, though. So I think not having him on the field – could hurt a little bit, but clearly we know that James Conner can actually work in that system, in the Pittsburgh Steelers system. So uh, he stays healthy. I think he, I think he finishes top 10 definitely, but it's going to be very interesting to see because Jesse James left for a ridiculous contract. I, I'm still puzzled by that one. I, no. <laughs> I have no idea how we got that much money, but whatever. Uh, Vance McDonald, I don't know. Everybody loves him. I, I'm not a huge fan. So I think it's, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with, without Antonio Brown there. And yes, I think it will affect James Conner, but he'll finish top 10 still. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I, once again, I'll pair running backs together just because I see them in similar situations. Um, offense wise, I think, they're a little bit of a better offense, Pittsburgh, but I'll, I'll pair James Conner and Aaron Jones kind of together. Um, they're both going to be the starting running backs on uh, their team, and that is Im- immediately. I mean, James Conner was because of Le'Veon Bell, but now it's just because they are the starting running back on their team. Pittsburgh is a good offense. Green Bay is a good offense. So both of them, I mean, James Conner is going to go a little bit earlier in drafts. ADP-wise, you're looking at him in the late first, early second. Aaron Jones is going to be that late second, early third. But still, both of them are dynamic runners. I think Aaron Jones might be one of the best running backs in the NFL. I think he finishes as a top guy next year, just as I think James Conner will. I think both of them finish as top 10 guys next year. And that's coming from a, a list of a lot of good running backs. Um, but I do think both of them finish as top 10 running backs. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, another um, another Sean McVay disciple. Another another anomaly. I don't. Who knows? I can anyone figure this guy out or what they're what they're going to do with him? 
I don't know what Green Bay is going to do in general. They're a weird team. They signed they signed some good players, but they're a weird team. And now it's not no more Mike McCarthy, but he didn't even finish the year. But Aaron played, and then Jamal Williams came in and actually played awesome. So it's like the same situation all over again last year. We're so yeah. I mean, they should be a high scoring offense in theory. Should so whoever the running back is that emerges as the starter and or the goal line back should get a ton of opportunity. Um, yeah. Aaron doesn't have anyone else to throw to besides Devonta. No more no, Randall I'm, I'm Cobb. I'm hoping they draft a bunch of. Uh, I'm hoping they draft one or two young young wide receivers under a tight end. And based on some of the mocks that I've been seeing, they they could be. But I mean, that's all. It's all hearsay and conjecture at this point. True. Um, so we talked about a bunch of guys that that dominated mostly last year. A um, couple, couple names I'm going to throw at you that have something to prove. Uh, the Corey Davises of the world, Mike Williams, Zay Jones, we mentioned Dr. Foreman. Corey Don Davis. Ross kind of you know, <laughs> fell on his face, had two, two games. Um, out, of, out of that group, who do you guys see emerging? Oh, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Like, I, I absolutely – It's a true well, question. My, the there's the easiest – the one, the easiest one, the easiest one is Mike Williams. Mike Williams is the wide receiver two on the Chargers. Okay, there's no way around that. No he more is Tyrell. The wide receiver too. Tyrell Williams is gone. Travis gone. Benjamin is still there, but Travis Benjamin is a specialty receiver. Um, Mike Williams coming into year three, he showed some dynamic something to his to you know to his ability. Um, I think he's a good player. Was he overdrafted? Yes, but I do think out of the bunch, Corey Davis has a lot to, not to be desired about anymore. Uh, bad offense. He hasn't so shown inconsistent. Up. His inconsistency is off the charts. John Ross, same thing. Um, I think Mike Williams, without a doubt, is the best of the bunch. A guy who could finish as a wide receiver, too, if given the opportunity to, if he stays healthy, Chargers are, you know, a, a playoff team. So I don't see any reason why he doesn't finish, you know, in that top 25. I like it. Because yeah. with Hunter Henry, that could move the safeties a little bit, too, you know. So Mike Williams, corner of the end zone. Yeah, Mike Williams is going to go a lot higher than he probably should in drafts. Yeah. Um, you're going to be looking at him probably in, like, that seventh round. Yeah, maybe seventh or eighth round, maybe you know, steal in the sixth. But um, I like Mike Williams. Keep your eye on Mike Williams during the draft, and keep an eye out for us and our new episodes coming out soon. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. Our podcast is also located on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Radio Public, Overcast, and Spotify. On behalf of my brother and my cousin, this is the Fantasy Fam signing off. 